The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. On VSN, the sports betting network. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for Beeson Bet Center. It is myself, Greg Oop Pearson, coming at you for the final hour tonight. We have expanded programming, so you know what? It is midnight. It is Sunday morning for some of you guys. 3 a.m. on the East Coast, midnight here on the West Coast. It is great to be coming at you. Greg Oops Peterson on the mic on this one. And we've got Wyatt doing a great job of producing. Miles helping out as well. Thank you guys for helping out with all this. And you know what? It is great to be able to say it. Football is back. A full NFL Sunday is going to be coming your way today. And we're going to be going NFL heavy here in this hour because I know that many of you guys have your eyes glued to everything that is going to be going on. And it is going to be magical. We are going to be seeing so many people overreacting to what we might have seen in week one. It is a tradition unlike any other. But with that said, let's take a look at some of these games that we are going to be getting on this NFL Sunday. One that really catches my attention is a game that is going to be involving two teams that many people think are going to be in contention in the in the AFC. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. We have seen quite a bit of movement on this one. Right now, you're seeing the line at anywhere between 5 and 5.5. Five and when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, they are getting the points. The Chiefs are laying it in. Obviously, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, I know that many people noted that they weren't necessarily the best against the spread team last year because they wound up winning a bunch of games by seven points or fewer. As we know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have been an absolute juggernaut on offense ever since Patrick Mahomes wound up taking over as he has scored the most touchdowns of any quarterback the last two years out there in the AFC. But what I think is going to be interesting for the Cleveland Browns is how does OBJ wind up fitting in with this offense? Because with Cleveland last year, they largely did it without him. It was Nick Chubb doing a tremendous job of being able to run the ball for the team. That really helped out Baker Mayfield. And I just still remember towards the front half of that 2020 season, we were all questioning Baker Mayfield. Oh, he's a little bit of a game manager. He's not necessarily doing a ton for the Cleveland Browns. And he was able to step up. He had some very nice performances towards the back half of the season. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, no question, this is a bunch in which they have been able to revamp that offensive line. We saw them get absolutely nicked in the tuckets last year when it came to just all the amounts of sacks that they wound up taking last season. It really hurt them, but what I think is going to be key for the Cleveland Browns is being able to get that pressure because you do now have some new pieces to be able to work with. With the Cleveland Browns last year, you had Miles Garrett really be able to emerge as one of the best defensive players in all of football. Was able to rack up 12 sacks. And what I think goes under the radar for the team as well is that 
you really only had two players be able to give you more than five sacks for the team. Olivier Vernon was the other one. He is not on the roster right now. So you do have a little bit of transition there for the Cleveland Browns while Garrett is very good. I do think that getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes is going to be a little bit easier said than done. Mahomes doesn't necessarily need the world's greatest offensive line in order to be successful. He just needs enough of a line to be able to get out some of those quick passes. You've got a lot of speed on the outside when it comes to this Kansas City Chiefs team. I do like the fact that they've been able to upgrade that run game a little bit as well as you've got Edwards Hilaire who's going to be going into his second year. I think that he's going to be able to do some nice things when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs as well. And when it comes to this Chiefs bunch, you do lose a couple pieces like a Sammy Watkins from last year. No question that's going to hurt, but when you've got all the speed on the outside that the Kansas City Chiefs does as well, I do think that they are in prime shape to be able to win this game by at least a touchdown. And you do want to be factoring in the home crowds as well. We saw some crowds in some of these stadiums last year for many of these teams like for instance, the Green Bay Packers up until the postseason, they weren't able to play in front of fans for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was mostly a limited capacity crowd, and I do think that that's going to be playing into it. I know that a game of which a lot of people are glued to as well, that would be the Buffalo Bills game because Josh Allen wound up having his big breakout year last year, and a lot of people are saying that Josh Allen was able to have a big coming out party because, for lack of a better term, there weren't a whole bunch of fans that were screaming in his ear going to be playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers as we're seeing it right now. A lot of places have this as the Buffalo Bills laying six and a half points with a total of 48 and a half and I'm very intrigued to see what we're going to be able to get out of this Buffalo Bills defense because prior to the breakout of Josh Allen, it was just all about the defense and they were the guys that wound up getting all the love for the Buffalo Bills. Now all we're talking about is Josh Allen but the reason why Josh Allen was able to be so successful is for one, this is a Buffalo defense that they sort of do take that know your role sort of mentality. Nobody on this defense wound up having more than five sacks last year. That would be Mario Edison along with AJ Klein that were able to do that. So it's not like they necessarily had the world's greatest pass rush, but they were able to do a good job of being able to cover in the secondary. And then when it comes to where you were able to get out of Allen himself. Obviously, you wound up being able to do an absolutely magnificent job. 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, over 4,500 yards. But when you take a look at the pieces around him, Stephon Diggs was big, but you need to be able to have out there for the full season Cole Beasley as well. Just that slot wide receiver that's able to do a good job bailing you out, be able to get those eight yards on something like a third and six and be able to just continue to be effective for the team. What I think is also going to be key is maybe getting a little bit more out of the tight end spot as Dawson Knox wound up having just 24 receptions for the team last year. I know that one of the best safety blankets for many of these quarterbacks is a tight end. It didn't seem like Josh Allen necessarily wound up taking a look at any of his tight ends for that matter, or like a lot last year, I do expect him to perhaps look for that check down maybe a tad bit more because I do think that defenses are going to start to figure out the Buffalo Bills a little bit more. And when it comes to this Pittsburgh Steelers team as well, I know that a lot of people are talking about their demise, but keep in mind with Ben Roethlisberger, it was a rough run for it towards the end of the year with him, but at the same time, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were able to do a very good job in the draft. You wind up having your first pick be a running back in Najee Harris, who I think is going to come out and is going to have a really good year. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be rookie of the year good, but when you take a look at Najee Harris and all that he's able to bring to the table, I do think that that's able to be rock solid. And heck, even Benny Snell being the guy behind him, I think that he's going to be able to give this team a couple carries. I think that he's going to be very solid. I know that we also wound up seeing the emergence of Chase Claypool towards the back half of the season last year as well. This is a really good set of weapons that Roethlisberger has around him as well. Juju Smith-Schuster, I feel like, has been cast to the side a little bit after he wound up not necessarily having a ton of yards last year, but still 97 catches. He is still one of the more reliable targets in all of the NFL. When it comes to this Buffalo Bills team, I do think that they should be able to win this game outright. I don't know if I feel comfortable laying six and a half points. Now, the big trepidation I do have with the Pittsburgh Steelers is because this is going to be a new offensive line. As we know, the offensive line doesn't necessarily give a, get as much love as they deserve, but this is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that you just take a look at them year in and year out. They're able to do a good job of just being able to plug and play. They always are nasty on the trenches, both on offense and on defense. I think that Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league, and I think that he's going to be able to do a good job of being able to have the Steelers up for this game. Now, when it comes to home versus road, I was talking about it a little bit earlier with Josh Allen. 
it's certainly going to be a little bit more friendly that this game is in Buffalo rather than on the road. But at the same time, I do think that it's an angle in this game. I think that it's going to be an angle in week one, week two, and even further in the NFL as well because it is always an adjustment that you want to be taking a look at when it comes to these guys and how they wind up getting affected because I know that for a lot of guys, they were saying it was strange last year not playing in front of fans. They didn't necessarily have as much juice. Perhaps this year it's going to be the exact opposite. Now, a lot of these guys, for many years, they were playing in college at Friday Night Lights, what have you, but a full year of not having fans, and then you wind up bringing them back in, that is something that you do want to take a look at. Now, it's not something where it's going to make like a touchdown difference on the point spread or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but you do want to be taking a look at that a little bit because I do think that there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for a lot of these teams that are going to be playing on the road, like the Steelers are going to. We were talking about it a little bit with many people making that out for Josh Allen because he did wind up playing his college football at Wyoming. I'm not necessarily going to go out there and say that it's that big of a deal because the good folks over there at Laramie, they do a great job of being able to support Wyoming football, but I do think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at week one, probably into week two and week three, just if these teams wind up being a little bit more affected than normal when it comes to playing on the road, playing in front of fans. I felt like it did have a really big impact when it came to week one of the college football season as well. So that is something that is a little bit of a takeaway for me. And what else is going to be a takeaway is that we've got a game that is going to be played in a location that we didn't necessarily expect. You're not going to have as much of a home crowd in this one as you've got the Green Bay Packers, and they're going to be doing battle with the New Orleans Saints. As we know, the Saints were dealing with a lot in general. It's the first time since the mid-2000s in which we're not going to be seeing Drew Brees under center. And we always talk about how big of a deal it was that Bill Belichick no longer had Tom Brady. How about how Sean Payton winds up responding without Drew Brees? I think that that's a very important question to ask. We wound up seeing Taysom Hill be able to do a solid job for the New Orleans Saints. Now it's going to be Jameis Winston, and I know that Sean Payton has been very high on him when he was doing a lot of his interviews during the offseason. And even into last year when he was asked about Jameis Winston, he called him the word that he wound up using is a prospect. He really viewed him as a guy that was developing into the system. As we know at the Green Bay Packers, Good news is, you're not going to have Jordan Love at quarterback. I am someone who is a, a native of the state of Wisconsin myself. I can tell you, all the people I've talked about, they are incredibly thrilled about that, and rightfully so. And I think that it's one of these things in which it's a whole Ric Flair motto to be the, cha- to be the champ. You've got to beat the champ. Right now, the Green Bay Packers, they were the champions of that division last year. When it comes to the New Orleans Saints, I think that they are going to be facing an uphill battle, and you really just don't have as much of a home field advantage. Now, the Green Bay Packers are coming from the state of Wisconsin, where it's been very humid this summer, so I think that they're going to be a little bit more prepared to play in the southern part of the United States in this one, rather than they would have been otherwise. This was supposed to be a dome game, as we know. It wound up getting moved due to all these storms and the hurricane that we wound up seeing in the state of New Orleans. So, if you're in the state of Louisiana. So obviously that is something that is a little bit of an issue for the Saints team. They're not going to have that home crowd. And I wonder if they're going to falter a little bit as a result. I think that this is a Packers run game that is going to be very solid. I think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to support Aaron Rodgers. I think that this defense is going to be solid. So I'm looking to lay the points there. And coming up next, we're going to be keeping it going. More NFL football previews right here on Beeson's Bet Center with myself, Greg Peterson. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is now available 24 7 on YouTube TV Sports Plus Package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can always watch us 24 7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find out all the ways to be able to watch and listen to vsin as we are back here in the vsin Bet Center here at Circa. It is myself, Greg Luke Peterson, as you can tell, 1 a.m. Pacific time. 4 a.m. Eastern. It's very good to be able to say that we've revamped here over here at the Vegas Sides and Information Network later hours, which means that we are going to have more and more content for you, more and more different personalities to be able to give you as many angles as humanly possible to try to help you make a little bit of money, catch a couple tickets, and if nothing else, have a little bit of fun with it. And I think that we're going to be able to have some fun with this because I know that DraftKings does a great job of being able to provide some information as to how folks are betting, especially when it comes to the NFL. We are noticing that one team is really getting a big amount of a handle in their game, and it should not come as too much of a surprise when you think about it. Right now, we're seeing the Seattle Seahawks as a two and a half point favorite against the Indianapolis Colts, according to what DraftKings wanted publishing when it comes to Saturday afternoon. As of right now, 85% of the handle and 80% of the bets come has come in on the Seattle Seahawks. I'm personally a guy, I don't wind up using a lot of this. I personally am a little bit more of a trust my instincts, trust my numbers sort of better, but I know that a lot of people, they like to take a look at this, and as of right now, when you take a look at the Seahawks laying two and a half points, in a lot of places, you're going to wind up paying a little bit more than minus 110 juice, so be on the caution of that, but I say not so fast if you're looking to bet on the Seattle Seahawks in this spot, because we did see the Seahawks have a tremendous year last year, no question when it comes to just flat out wins, losses, and I know that Russell Wilson wound up trying to squash the little bit of kerfuffle that he wound up having with the organization during the offseason, but I do think that it certainly is a question mark, and when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, this is an offensive line that I do think that it still leaves quite a bit of something to be desired. When you take a look at the gentleman up front, I do think that it's one of the ones in which you have your question marks with Dwayne Brown. He's someone that year in and year out has been relatively solid, but he's getting up there in years. He's now 36 years old. He's been in the league since it was 2008, so that certainly is a little bit of an issue for this team. This is a bunch in which they've been sticking a little bit more into the offensive line, but at the same time, it's not like they've been using a ton of first-round picks like many of these great offensive lines that we see and they tried to build that way. You do have a guy in DJ Metcalf that I think is absolutely tremendous at the receiver spot. He has really been able to bust out in his two years in the NFL. We all remember the chase down tackle that he wound up having in Arizona. Just an absolute specimen of an athlete, Tyler Lockett, and someone that's able to be relatively solid as well. But I do question sort of the depth that this team has as well. And when it comes to the running game, I want to see a little bit more out of Chris Carson as well. Carson is someone that he's 
been a little bit up and down, and the guy that backs him up, Rashad Penny, just has not been able to stay healthy out there on the field. And then you've got an Indianapolis Colts team that they're looking to be a little bit new this year. You just had no idea if Carson Wentz was going to be available for week one. That has always been the big question mark with this Indianapolis Colts team. But outside of Carson Wentz, you still have some good pieces with this team. With the Indianapolis Colts, they've done a good job of being able to bring in some good defensive pieces over the last few years. I would argue that the defense was a bit underachieving last year, but you take a look at what the team all has and what they're all able to provide when it comes to pass rush, when it comes to being able to shut down the ground game. I do think that it should be very solid. I think that there's a chance that Quiddy Pay is going to be able to be a defensive rookie of the year candidate. I know that he's been one of the top betting favorites in a lot of these markets, and rightfully so. You take a look at what he was able to do at Michigan. This guy is able to do a great job in the run game. He's able to do a great job of being able to rush the passer. He just has great attributes in general. The team wind up sticking a lot of stock into DeForest Buckner, being able to bring him in as well. That fortified a defense that was already solid in the front seven, in my opinion. Now, you do have some secondary issues. Xavier Rhodes is dealing with injuries, so no question that winds up hurting the team. Rocky Asin is someone that they're hoping for good things out of. They wanted drafting him out of Temple the last couple years, but I do think that this is an Indianapolis Colts team that they've got a good chance of being able to pull off the outright win. As we know, this is a bunch in which they're going to be able to play in front of home fans a lot more. And I really look for a little bit of a breakout with both Michael Pittman Jr. along Jonathan Taylor. Taylor was tremendous last year. He was able to run for nearly 1,200 yards. He had a double-digit amount of touchdowns. This guy has been nothing short of amazing ever since he has been able to put on an NFL uniform. I think that that's certainly going to be able to continue. And then you just take a look at the guys that wind up surrounding this team on the outside with guys like Paris Campbell. I think that they're a little bit underrated. This is a lineup in which they are dealing with some injuries up front. As we know, Quentin Nelson, he had the same injury that Carson Wentz did. So no question, he might not be fully himself for the first couple weeks of the season. But I do think that this is a Colts team in which they are certainly getting dogged when it comes to the betting market as 80% of the bets right now at DraftKings have come in on the Seattle Seahawks according to the numbers on Saturday afternoon. But I do think that there is a little bit of credence there. And the other team that is taking the money right now, I think rightfully so, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you want to keep this in mind. Among the number one picks that have started at quarterback week one, the last 13 have went winless. That is no question a little bit of an issue, but I do think that Trevor Lawrence is a real deal. I like what I saw from him in the final preseason game. It looks like he's getting much more comfortable with a Jacksonville Jaguars team that certainly they don't have a lot of talent, but you know who else doesn't have a lot of talent? The Houston Texans, because they want to making some just boneheaded decisions when you wind up having Bill O'Brien at the helm. I feel bad for this new staff because they have been really handed a bad hand. I mean, how do you wind up letting go of Mr. Hopkins to Arizona for what they wound up getting? That was just absolutely terrible. As we know, Deshaun Watson is not going to be in the fold. There's a lot that's going on there. So now you're looking to Tyrod Taylor. And we have seen Tyrod Taylor get volume pipped like two times in the last four years. So that tells you where he's at when he's been able to have a little bit more stability. Hasn't necessarily went terribly for him, but I just have absolutely no faith whatsoever here in Tyrod Taylor. And when you take a look at season wins, the Houston Texans are down there with the Detroit Lions as the bottom teams. And if I were to look at one of these teams to go under and one of those teams to go over, I certainly would like the Detroit Lions a whole heck of a lot more than the Houston Texans. This is just a bunch in which they've run their organization into the ground. They're trying to rebuild at this point. I just am not necessarily fond of a lot of the pieces that the Texans have now. Houston on defense, they've got a little bit of something. I mean, I'm trying to be as positive as I can for the Houston Texans, but man, this is a tough situation. You do bring in Mark Ingram. I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job, but as we know, with Mark Ingram, he's had his injury issues as well. Laramie Tunsil is a solid left tackle, but who else is on the offensive line? Because when it comes to the offensive line, one guy not doing their job, that means that everyone just winds up getting completely blown up, and outside of Laramie Tunsil, this is not a very formidable offensive line. You've got Whitney Merciless, who's able to rush the passer, but this is also a defense that I think that they're going to have a tough time as well. So when it comes to road teams, I'm not going to be looking at too many in week one, but when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I know that it's not necessarily sexy with the way that they want to closing out the season, but I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to get online now. The injury to NTN 
certainly does hurt the seam a little bit because you're going to have something very special, in my opinion, if you wind up having the same quarterback and the same running back drafted in the first and second round coming over from Clemson over to Jacksonville and being able to go that way. And when it comes to Urban Meyer as a coach, it's going to be just a big jury's out situation until I see anything out of him. But he's been a winner every time he's wound up moving. He was able to do a great job when he was at Florida, Ohio State. He was able to get the job done when he was at Utah. Heck, I think that he was at Bowling Green. I wound up doing some great work there. So everywhere that he's went, he's been a winner now. We've seen guys like Steve Spurrier. Heck, we've seen him with Nick Saban. They tried to go from college to the NFL. They haven't necessarily had the Jimmy Johnson experience, but at the same time, I do think that Urban Meyer, despite the fact that he might be a little bit too honest with the media, despite the fact that he might have made some mistakes early on in his NFL coaching career, I do think that he's going to be able to find a little bit of success with Jacksonville and the best thing that he has going for him is that it can't get much worse than it was last year. So that's something that you always want in your corner as well. So those are two games that have been heavily bet to one side. The Houston Texans are being faded right now. And obviously the Indianapolis Colts are being favored are being faded. I do think that the Indianapolis Colts are very much live with the Houston Texans. There aren't going to be too many opportunities in which are going to be live this year. And that's one thing that you always want to look at as well when it comes to the NFL, because we do notice that there are some teams that the Sharps wind up targeting week after week after week in the NFL that they just don't wind up coming through. I still remember the first year of the Vegas Ads and Information Network. That was 2017. You may remember that the Sharps, every single week, they pounded it on the Cleveland Browns. Every single week, you saw the money come in on them. And you know what happened every single week? The Sharps wound up losing their money. We all remember that was the year in which the Cleveland Browns wound up going 0-16. Against the spread, they wound up going 4-12. and And really, one of their lone covers wound up coming when the Pittsburgh Steelers wound up benching everyone, including the Toe Boys. So that was one in which you wound up throwing out a little bit with a grain of salt. But I do think that it is going to be a lot of fun to wind up taking a look at just how that winds up going this year. And I do think that that little bit of story just tells you that, hey, even though the Sharps are maybe on a team, doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be the right side. What is the right side in this battle of birds between the Philadelphia the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons? So I'm going to be giving you that and a couple more previews for this NFL Sunday on the other side right here on Beeson's Bet Center with myself, Greg Peterson. is Beth Center on VSN, the sports betting network. Ladies and gentlemen, football season is here and starting this weekend, the Vegas Ads and Information Network, VSN has added new talent and new shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VSN lineup will expand to 24 will expand to 21 hours of live programming every weekday as well as additional shows on the weekend. Heck, you're hearing one of them right now. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of all the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. VEASAN has added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and of course, strategic sports bettors. Visit VEASAN.com to see our new lineup, meet our new talent, and make this your best fall betting season ever. That is at VEASAN.com. As we are back here on the VEASAN Bet Center with myself, Greg Peterson. Typically, we're off the air right now, but I absolutely love it. I am a late night guy myself. I am always one of those believers in which you wind up getting sometimes the best lines when you're staying up in the early wee morning hours. You early bird gets a worm, and you know what? If you're out there on the East Coast, it is 3.30 a.m., it is early, and if you're up there grinding like I am right now, I do salute you, and I do appreciate the effort as we are back here in lovely Las Vegas here at Circa, just an absolutely immaculate sports book, and what else is immaculate? NFL football is back, ladies and gentlemen, and I told you about it before the break. We've got to take a look at this battle of a game of which a few years ago was very critical in the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles. Certainly, we've seen fall, we've seen these two teams fall off ever since they wanted meeting in the postseason a few years ago, but 
as it stands right now. You've got the Atlanta Falcons as a favorite in a lot of spots right around minus three and a half. You're going to notice that you're going to get a little bit more favorable juice in a lot of spots that they wind up moving the juice on the three and a half. But I do think that this is a spot in which I don't know if I'm necessarily bullish on laying it here with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I do recognize the question marks that you do have with the Philadelphia Eagles. No question, you do have a regime change at head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I do think that it's a coaching staff in which it's not maybe necessarily the world's greatest Jalen Hurts comes in. But at the same time with Philadelphia Eagles, you do still have some relatively solid players up front, which I think is going to be able to help them out. And for the Atlanta Falcons, it's a changing of the guard for pretty much everything except quarterback. You wind up having Matt Ryan come back, but as we know, he's not going to have his main go-to target for so many years in Julio Jones. That means that it is now going to be all up to the rookie in Kyle Pitts, who I think is going to be absolutely excellent. This guy is just amazing at everything that he winds up doing. He's able to give you a lot in the pass game, but you also have to question how that's going to impact the run game as this is a very fragile Atlanta Falcons run game. You've got Mike Davis, who's going to be carrying the mail a lot for the team. You've got Cordero Patterson, who's going to be getting a couple touches as well. I don't know if I would necessarily want that to be my ground game with Matt Ryan. I just foresee a lot of situations in which he's going to be dropping back to pass in a lot of games in which his team is down because I take a look at this defense and I'm not necessarily bullish on it either. That front seven doesn't necessarily strike a lot of fear into you. Dante Feller is a guy that they have picked up. I think that he might be able to give them a little bit of something, but you take a look at that secondary as well. AJ Terrell and company. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to do a lot. And when it comes to this Philadelphia Eagles team, do they have their question marks? Yes. Do we think that Jalen Hurts is necessarily going to be the second coming of anything? I certainly don't, but do you want to be laying points with the Atlanta Falcons in this game? I certainly do not. I'm going to be featuring one of these teams in the final segment. I'm going to give you guys a couple of season win totals, give you guys a couple of futures I'm looking at in the NFL, as well as a couple other games I'm going to be taking a look at for week one, but I do not want any part of the Atlanta Falcons in week one. I don't necessarily want much of the Philadelphia Eagles either, and I do think that this could be a case in which, just because of the ineptitude that I expect from the Philadelphia Eagles on offense, and the fact that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be very one-dimensional, that that total really becomes fascinating, because we sort of have this set at 48.5 as of right now. I know that a couple books have actually moved this to a 49, but we have seen this go up and up and up after it wound up opening up at a lot of places more in the neighborhood, about a 46.5, and and I just am not sure that we're going to see a lot of points scored in this game, even though the defenses aren't necessarily sterling. I mentioned it a little bit earlier with the Atlanta Falcons with their ground game. It leads them very vulnerable to Matt Ryan just putting up a bunch of hollow numbers and passing maybe for a lot of yards, but not necessarily so much for touchdowns because it gets a little bit more difficult to be able to pass the ball when you get inside the 20. And then you've got a Philadelphia Eagles team, which you got Jalen Hurts. You've got a ground game that I think is suspect at best as well. So you've got a whole lot of interesting parts there. You've got a whole lot of interesting parts when it comes to this game as well as you've got the Denver Broncos going to play against the New York Giants. And for the Giants, it does look like you've got Saquon Barkley who is on pace to be able to, at minimum, give this Giants team a little bit of something. He's been an injury concern, but it looks like he's expected to play according to most reports. This is something that you want to be taking a look at. You want to be taking a look at Saquon Barkley. You want to be taking a look at someone like an Austin Eckler as well. I know that his status has been very much up in the air in the last few days as well. So always check your injury information. I know that for a lot of you guys, if you wind up having a fantasy football team, that is something that you wind up doing already, but you want to be doing that when it comes to your bets as well, because it was a situation which for the Indianapolis Colts, I certainly came into play. Looks like Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are going to be able to go, which is why I wound up highlighting the Indianapolis Colts as much as I did in the last segment, but certainly when it comes to the New York Giants, if you wouldn't have a fully healthy Saquon Barkley out there, it's a little bit harder to take them, but even if he doesn't wind up giving you too much or if he doesn't wind up going at all with the Denver Broncos, I am a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I always feel like he's been a little bit of an underrated quarterback. If he doesn't wind up having that just absolutely gruesome injury that he wound up taking that one summer with the Minnesota Vikings, who knows what his career winds up becoming, but at the same time with Denver Broncos, this is a team that they have 
always been year in and year out relatively solid at being able to cover at home early on in the year because they do wind up playing at elevation. You tell that that affects a lot of teams, especially in the September and October months. But on the road, they do tend to be a little bit more of a fade as well. So it does lead to a very fascinating spot with the Broncos team that they were hit by Murphy's Law when it came to injuries last year as well. But I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on Vic Fangio as a coach as well. He's obviously been able to do a very good job when it comes to this defense as well. Now with the defense, it wound up struggling last year. I don't necessarily put that as much on him just because, as I mentioned, you just had a whole bunch of banged up guys. You're getting so many of them back in the fold, which I think should lead to this team being significantly better. But at the same time, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, are you going to be able to get as much effectiveness as you'd like out of that QB spot? Because all of a sudden, this team now does have weapons. And you do want to know when it comes to that Broncos team, as I was mentioning, with injuries, Bradley Chubb, he is questionable for this game as well. So that's another one that you do want to check in on. Uh, it's obviously not going to mean as much to the line in this game because, well, it's a defensive player. But with that said, Bradley Chubb still a very good defensive player in this league. But when you take a look at the Broncos, you do have... Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion, set up for success because you've got Cortland Sutton and you've got Jerry Judy, a pair of guys that are just absolutely magnificent on the outside. I think that Judy is really going to be able to come into his own this year. And then when you take a look at Melvin Gordon the third, I think that a lot of people were surprised that the Denver Broncos wound up taking a shot on him last year, but he was able to deliver. I mean, being able to go for nearly four and a half-ish yards per carry, he was able to put up nine touchdowns, was just shy of a thousand yards. He certainly was able to do his part for the team. And now that you've got all these guys that are going to be back on defense, I do think that it's going to make this Broncos team very formidable. But I think that injuries really do come into play in this one. So this is one in which, if you have yet to bet it, I would say just try to get as much information as humanly possible. And when you wind up knowing whether or not Saquon Barkley is going to be able to get a full workload, if you know whether or not Bradley Chubb is going to be able to clog things up at that linebacker spot, that's when you wind up pouncing on this game. Just be able to take as much intel as humanly possible. And then once you get that intel, run, don't walk. Try to get the number that you so badly want. Because if we do wind up seeing a little bit of information late, that could be the difference between being able to get the three right now versus getting a two and a half. And hey, if the line is one of those in which you don't think that any of these injuries wind up making too much of a difference, maybe you do wind up waiting. And instead of having to lay three in this spot, maybe you're able to lay two and a half. Or maybe if it goes the other way, you're able to get a little bit over a field goal because we've seen critical numbers just year in and year out absolutely help slash harm betters. We saw it certainly in week one of the college football season. There were so many games that they wound up landing on seven. They wound up landing on 10. So always do what you can to be able to get those critical numbers. That's so much of it as well because while you do all the research, you do everything that you can when it comes to betting trends, when it comes to these specific matchups, all these statistics, sometimes the biggest thing is, did you wind up getting two and a half or three? Did you wind up getting three or three and a half? List goes on and on. So I do think that it's just such a critical part of this. Always leave yourself with multiple outs because the more opportunities that you have to be able to make be instead of taking three, be able to get three and a half or instead of laying three, be able to lay two and a half instead that just gives you all the more opportunities to be able to hit those bets. And we know that that means that it makes a world of difference when it comes to your bankroll as well. Even just like one or two results out of 100, that can make a big long-term difference, which is what we're always here about. It's all about long-term success when it comes to the industry of sports betting. And now that football season is here, hopefully we're going to be able to give you a whole long laundry list of winners this season. Coming up next, I'm going to share with you guys some of the bets that I like for week one. A couple of futures as well if you're still looking to bet some season wins and so much more. That's coming up next right here on VEASAN's Bet Center with myself, Jake Peterson. Bet Center on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you place your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you the insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match up with the public opinion. Data is available for money line, overs and unders, along with against the point spread bets. Betting splits are another way in which VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every single game at vsin.com. Final segment here on VSIN's Bet Center. It is myself, Greg Peterson. And you know what? We're going to be at it bright and early in the AM as it is now officially Sunday all across this great nation, aside if you're in Hawaii. If you're in Hawaii, it's still Saturday. So, a big congratulations to you. But with that said, it is an NFL Sunday. Cannot be much more fired up for it. And I've got a couple bets that I'm going to be taking a look at for this Sunday. I think that it's going to be a great week here in week one. But I know that there are some of you guys that you're still looking to maybe target some of these season wins. I know that some of you guys might be taking a look at some of these futures odds as well. DraftKings does a great job of being able to have so many offerings when it comes to the win the division because I was checking a look at so many of the things earlier. I guess you could call it last night at this point because now it's technically Sunday, but I was trying to take a look at, okay, is there maybe a team that I think is a little bit off that I think is going to be able to win their division? And after what I wound up seeing on Thursday, I do think that the Dallas Cowboys are the class of the of the NFC East. You take a look at them right now. They are at plus 150 at DraftKings to be able to win the division, and I think that it's pretty rock solid. Now, I know that there is going to be a little bit of residuals when it comes to the Dak Prescott injury and everything like that, but you looked very solid in week one. I do want to see him be able to follow it up in week two because sometimes when you wind up going through a gruesome injury like Dak Prescott did, sometimes the first game or two you look solid, but you wind up wearing down as the season goes along, but he looks absolutely tremendous. You've got all the receivers on the outside that he's able to utilize. And I think a big key for this team, just get Zeke Elliott back to where he was a few years ago because this is a man that, well, he got paid a lot of money ever since he wanted getting paid a lot of money. He has not been producing the way that it that you'd expect. It's something that in life in general, sometimes you get a little bit lazy. You wind up resting on your laurels after you wind up getting that big giant paycheck. 11 carries for 33 yards like you wound up having in week one. Not necessarily going to cut it, but when you've got all the talent that the Cowboys do, I do think that they are going to be relatively rock solid. And despite the fact that Tom Brady was able to throw for four touchdowns and over 370 yards, they were right there in that game. Now, Mike McCarthy is a coach in which I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in, but who do you really have a lot of faith in in this division as well? The New York Giants are a bunch in which it looks like Saquon Barkley is going to be able to go in week one and it looks like they're going to have him. But 
We know that he is very injury prone. You just take a look at the quarterbacks in this division, Washington football team. They're not a team that they necessarily intrigue me. One of the things I'm looking at in week one, I recognize that it's a body clock game. I recognize it's a road game. I'm not necessarily going to be targeting too many road teams, but at the same time, I'm going to be fading the Washington football team, a team that opened up a very slight underdog to the LA Chargers. Now they are finding themselves as a favorite in this spot. And when it comes to the Chargers, I think that this is a bunch of which led by Justin Herbert, they're going to be in for a very good year. Now, this is 10 a.m. Pacific time, and typically body clock games are something that you do want to take into consideration, and it's something that I certainly took a look at as well. But if you are going to have a body clock game, I would think that you'd much rather have this week one rather than week four, week five, week six, where you wind up going west to east just sort of on a whim. You don't necessarily have that bye week to be able to prepare for it. Meanwhile, when you have it week one, it is circled on the calendar. Every single player, every single team, every single fan. You know that week one of the NFL season is very, very huge. Right now, you're seeing the Chargers at a lot of places right around a point and a half underdog. You're seeing their money line right around more like a plus 110. Maybe you're going to get more like a plus 105, a plus 115. These numbers fluctuate based book to book. But at the same time, I'm looking at the Chargers to be able to win this game outright. I do think that they've got all the talent to be able to ascend. I really felt like... The coaching staff in general, though it sounded like they were nice guys, well, they weren't necessarily able to get it done. And when you take a look at the injury to Austin Eckler, that, no question, put a little bit of a damper on the Chargers season last year. It sounds like he's going to be good to go in this one from all reports. That's something that I'm certainly going to be checking before winding up firing on this ultimately. But still, it is, in my opinion, a good spot for the Chargers. I like everything that is on the outside for this team. I feel like one of the most forgotten men in all of football is Keenan Allen. The fact that he wound up having 100 receptions last year despite missing two games, just year in and year out. He is so consistent. He doesn't necessarily get the love because he doesn't necessarily get those big flashy plays. He's not out there. He's not necessarily talking himself up, but week in and week out, he's just a lunch pail guy. He knows his role. He does it very well. This is a team that I think is doing a very good job of being able to build around Justin Herbert, and when you're able to throw in there a guy like a Mike Williams, who obviously at the beginning part of his career was a little bit banged up, I think that there's a lot of upside with him. And then this Chargers defense is one that I think is going to be very lethal. Joey Bosa is someone that doesn't necessarily get the love that he deserves. Jerry Tillery, I think, is going to be able to have a very good year for this team. And you wind up getting back Derwin James. Not having Derwin James on the field for the entirety, pretty much, of 2020 and much of 2019 as well. I think that that really wound up hurting the LA Chargers when this guy is out there. He's out there in full force. I think that he can be just a guy that winds up wrecking an entire offensive game plan. So I think that that's going to hold true. And then when it comes to Washington football team, well, you've got Fitzpatrick for better, for worse, for indifference because Brian Fitzpatrick is someone that he can just throw you right into a game. He'll give you five touchdowns one week and he'll give you five interceptions the next. I think that the Chargers, because they've had so much time to be able to plan for him, I think that they're going to do a very good job of being able to shut him down. I think this is, this is ultimately a Washington football team that I do like their defense, but I think that they're going to struggle a little bit because that defense might be put into a lot of short field situations because, in my opinion, with Washington, you'd rather have a little bit more of a game manager rather than, I'm going to call him this, a gunslinger in Mr. Fitzpatrick. So I think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue for this Washington football team. I don't like them in week one. You take a look at their season wins. At a lot of places, it's set at 8.5 with the juice on the over and. I would not be taking a look at the over personally. I think that they're going to be in for a little bit of a tough year just because that offense is very lackadaisical, to say the least. They're not necessarily a bunch in which I want to be putting a lot of faith in. So I'd like the Chargers in week one. I like the Washington football team to maybe be a little bit of a disappointment. I was talking about this game a little bit earlier. I'm certainly going to be firing on this. I am someone that was born and raised in the state of Wisconsin, so you can call this a homer pick all you'd like, but you've got a Green Bay Packers team laying three and a half points against a Saints team in which they no longer have home field advantage in this game, very tragically due to all the storms that wound up rolling through the southern part of the country the last few weeks. But with Aaron Rodgers back, he is a bad, bad man with Jameis Winston. I do think that he's going to not throw for 30 interceptions like he wound up doing a few years ago with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but... At the same time, I do question the camaraderie that the Saints are going to have up and down. You are going to be without Michael Thomas as well. That's obviously a big-time playmaker for the Saints. Now, they still have quite a few of these guys, but 
this is a Saints team that it's not the same bunch that we wound up seeing a few years ago. So I do think that there's going to be some issues there. And then when you take a look at the Miami Dolphins as well, them getting points against the New England Patriots is something that I'm going to sign up for. They have been able to do a good job of being able to build around Tua. Now, Tua wound up struggling in his first year with the Miami Dolphins. I think that he's done a good job of being able to take a look at the playbook. He's been able to do a good job of just being able to get online with his teammates as well. Getting three and a half years with the Patriots, I think that that hook is going to prove to be very, very critical because I could see the Patriots being able to win this game outright, but I do have my question marks with Mac Jones as well. You're hearing all the raving reports about how he wanted to play in practice. He wanted being able to beat out Cam Newton, but we also did hear Cam Newton's side of the story as well, that he didn't want to be a distraction, which is why he ultimately wound up being released rather than being the backup to Mac Jones. But I do think that this is a Patriots team in which you've got a lot of moving parts. They wound up signing a lot of guys in the offseason, and I do think that that's going to do a lot of team for lack of a better term. Let's face it, last year, they didn't necessarily have a ton of talent, but it does sometimes take a little bit of time to be able to gain a little bit of chemistry. I do think that Bill Belichick is a tremendous coach. I know that a lot of people have been calling him into question a little bit because he no longer has Tom Brady at his disposal. But when you take a look at the spot, I do think that this is going to be one in which you are going to be seeing it come down to the final possession. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots wind up kicking a game-winning field goal to be able to take this, something like a 26-23, a 23-20. So I do look at the points with the Miami Dolphins. I think that that's a favorable spot. And as you guys know, I always do a baseball pick for the New York Post every single day. If you pick that up in the morning, you're going to be seeing I'm on the under in the San Francisco Giants versus the Chicago Cubs. Logan Webb has given up three runs or fewer in each out of his last 15 starts. The San Francisco Giants in that start in that span, they are 14 and one. And when it comes to the San Francisco Giants, number one bullpen with regards to ERA in all of baseball, they've relied on it quite a bit and they have come through every single time. I think that they're going to come through once again. And speaking of being able to come through Wyatt miles, you guys out there, you did a tremendous job tonight. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the newly revamped Vegas Sats and Information Network lineup. We're going to be coming at you guys very early in the morning. NFL Sundays are back. Kick them off with the Vegas Sats and Information Network. This has been Greg Peterson here on VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.